The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory After Jesus was baptized, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. O oh Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Amen. Just a brief meditation this morning as we begin another Lent together. As you know, Lent prepares us for the great mystery of Easter, the resurrection of Jesus and of the triumph of life and of God over the powers of death. The story of Jesus being driven into the wilderness looms over these 40 days. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, and so we also spend 40 days facing our own wildernesses and the temptations that we find there. Over the centuries, Lent has come to include spiritual disciplines such as fasting from certain kinds of food or certain kinds of behaviors, perhaps, or the taking on of extra prayer, spiritual reading, works of mercy, or other practices meant to heighten our awareness of our relationship with God and our dependence our dependence upon that relationship. In some small way, these practices mark out a wilderness space where we can ponder our frailness and our dependence on the grace and power of God. Now, of course, most of us have had a wilderness or two delivered to our doorstep without any effort on our part. And Lent invites us to see these wilderness places as a mysterious gift. Being in the wilderness strips us of our usual defenses against that riot of inner voices that threaten to consume us, voices of fear, voices of anger, voices of anxiety. 
And each of us also has temptations that show up in our wilderness. It may be the temptation to give up or to hide from our challenge. Our temptation may be to wallow in self-pity or anger or blame. Our temptation may be to take the easy way, the expedient way, rather than the hard way that leads to truth and life. All this is to say that the wilderness exposes our deepest inmost selves, not to God, who is quite familiar with them already, but to ourselves. The writer and priest Henry Nouwen writes of this gospel passage in quite a moving way. He describes the temptations that Jesus faced in his wilderness as three. The temptation to be relevant, the temptation to be spectacular, and the temptation to be powerful. Temptation to be relevant. Well, who wouldn't want to be relevant in a world full of suffering? Just right now, think of the tsunami and all the wonderful ways that people can help there, sending food, sending temporary shelter. Think of all the ways that Jesus himself was called to be and to teach others to be, to clothe the naked, to give sight to the blind, to make the lame walk. Who wouldn't want to be relevant? The problem is our temptation to base our very worth to God and to one another on what we can do. The temptation to prove ourselves by what we can do and how relevant we are. And who among us doesn't at some level want to be spectacular or put more mundanely just to be popular or to be successful, to be well-liked, to have prestige or a little status perhaps in our little corner of the world. And who among us is not tempted by power to be in control, to be master of all that we survey. Henry Nouwen asks, about this last temptation in particular, he asks, what makes the temptation to power so seemingly irresistible? Maybe it is that power offers an easy substitute for the hard task of love. It seems easier to try to be God than to love God, easier to try to control people than to love them, easier to try to own life rather than to try to love life. Isn't it interesting that Jesus in the Gospels, if we read them, he spends so much time of those, so much of his time, so much of his energy with those very people who are irrelevant, orphans, widows, the poor, Those who are irrelevant, who have no place, those who are weak and have no power. It may be that 
as we acknowledge our weaknesses in our own wildernesses, as we acknowledge our own feelings of irrelevance, our own feelings of ordinariness, our own feelings of being completely out of power, having no power, as we experience and acknowledge those weaknesses, maybe it's there that we give Jesus the opening that he waits for to come to the aid of our hungry souls. Amen.